Hey now, hey now, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> this is Mad Albert, not from the 80s. You're keeping that one going, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, may, I make one joke, and now this is the thing. This now is I gotta the, listen to this. This is the Relative Run Readiness Podcast. R3. R3, and we're trying to make that a thing. Let's hashtag yeah, it. Hashtag R3. Everybody oh, hashtag yeah. R3. This is the Relative Run Readiness Podcast, and I am your hostess with the mostess, along with Mr. Chad Sweet, who's, I mean, he's kind of... My sidekick? What are you, Chad? <laughs> sidekick? Sidekick. You're uh, like my Robin. I'm, no, I'm Batman. No, I, I don't I don't think that's it. You I'm know, Batman. Uh, you know the old, uh, uh, I think they were Bugs Bunny cartoons or Warner Brothers, whatever it was, where um, there were the two dogs and there was the big dumb dog and then there was the little dog that told the big dumb dog what to do all the time. Are you saying I'm the big dumb dog? <laughs> That's what you're saying. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. We, <laughs> uh, hopefully you guys like our banter. We were actually talking um, earlier today about just the 80s in general. Was mm-hmm. It was such a great time with mm-hmm. movies especially. But how it just kind of brings out the kid in me when I start talking about 80s. Yeah, it sure does. Yeah. And, and you, of course, because I, I have like this, this little... Da, 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 da. And but I instead I go it's the final countdown. Oh wait, I really shouldn't sing. But that that is from that song. But I didn't even know I was getting that from that song. I just like to do that. I like to just you know do my little and I was saying we should start the podcast with that. And then you played the song during our workout, and I was like, that's it, that's it. And it's from that show. What's the show? Arrested Development. Right. Like yeah. this, the song isn't from the show, but they played the song during when the, the brother does the magician yeah, trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Ben Stiller, I think it was, right? He no, was a special guest on Oh, he too. was. Yeah, yeah. He was part of the Magic Society oh, or whatever. It was yeah. so good. Uh, that was such a good show, but especially that that uh, scene yeah. with, the, with the music playing in the background. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, I think it was one of my all-time favorite scenes. It's a good one. I think the show itself is great. I think there are, I mean, every performance is a standout performance yeah. in that show for yeah. sure. No, it's it's good stuff. So what are we talking about today? Oh, we were going to talk about our- Repetitions. 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 Rep ranges. Repetitions. We want to talk about, repetitions. yeah, repetition, repetition, <laughs> repetition. And it all seems to be about repetitions. When it comes to strength training, I just happen to be talking to Brody Sharp, and we had a nice conversation. Really, he's a physiotherapist. Um, if you list- don't know Brody, he's got his own podcast. Yep. Run Smarter. Run Smarter. And I do. I listen to the show, and I, I run smarter because I'm listening at the same time. It's like it trans- transfers from my ears to my feet. So It makes sense. Total sense. Yeah. Head to heel, strong as steel. Ear, ears to heel. Ears to heel. Strong as so when I'm when I'm uh, talking to Brody about reps in in our recent podcast, we we talk about how eight reps seems to be a good sweet spot. I generally go six to ten reps a lot of times, but I wanted to clarify on that topic a little bit more because. What I think is most important is time under tension overall. Tut, T-U-T. Tut. And when you're working through ranges that will, you know, there's different, 
there's different exercises that serve different purposes. So if I'm talking about doing something with balance, like a single leg balance type of drill, and I'm doing this with, let's say, a hip circle band, and it's more about establishing good proprioception, that certainly could be a drill that I do for one to two minutes even. And it might even take me part of that first minute before I start to really establish balance. So maybe I'm having some hand support on the wall initially, and then it just, my hand starts leaving the wall and coming back to the wall and just using that as I'm getting sort of my balance established, as I start to feel my toe pushing down into the ground better as my toes are spreading out more. And I'm just giving myself a little bit of external cue there. Then towards the end of that second minute, or maybe during that second minute, I'm closing my eyes and I'm having my eyes closed for a second or two, and then I might need to open them again, then have them closed again for a second or two. I like to work on stuff like that so that not only am I getting proprioception, that's my body's awareness in space, but closing my eyes, taking that sense away, it's more interoception, right? So I kind of think that within my skin, so within my space. But the point is, set like that can certainly last longer. And I would argue that that will serve me or benefit me a little bit more. So I'm not just trying to get that set done in 40 seconds, just barely getting my balance going and then the set's over. Or, or doing 10, doing 10 of them. Right. right, yeah, exactly. You know, the other point, sorry, uh, to go off on a little bit of a tangent, the other thing that's interesting about what you were just talking about is um, changing uh, your cues within the movement, within uh, a set in itself. It's not just do it this way and get it done this way. It's listen to your body, understand how your body's moving. And if you, if you need that hand support for a, 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 a moment or two, that's fine. Yeah. If you need to close, if you want to close your eyes and try that for a second or two, that's fine too. We're playing footsies by the way, hey, guys. Get, don't I, touch me yeah, with those I things. Was sliding my foot over and realized that was Chad's foot. We had a little <laughs> moment just now. Um, yeah, no, I, I really like where we're going with this because I want people to take their time to understand what positions are working for them and how they can get stronger in more challenging positions. And that's not necessarily something that's going to happen in 40 seconds or less, right? Or what you said, if, if I say, okay, do six to 10 reps. And look, I'm not trying to slam other programs Although uh, maybe I am, right? If I'm being truthful. <laughs> yeah, our, our programs are better because we don't just tell you do six to 10 for everything you're doing. But I do feel like that we had this conversation before the podcast about how it's tough for me because in one ear, I have people telling me, I'd keep this simple, keep all this stuff really, really simple. And this, these are people giving me sort of suggestions on the online training part of things and, you know, keep it simple. People can follow it easier. But then in the other ear, I have people telling me, I love the details. I love the variations. I love that when I'm going down in a lunge and you're telling me to pick my big toe up and when I'm pushing the ground away to push my big toe down. 
and I feel much more stability, but mobility in the ankle, right? So those are those are things that I think make a huge difference. And those devils are in the details. And the fact is, details aren't always simple. So we had this conversation about how we can meet it in the middle a little bit more, right? So I think that that is the 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 true sweet spot. Right, and I think that's going to change as we uh, begin to add more phases uh, onto our online training. You know, the beginning ones I think have to be simple. You have to get people to understand a lot of these movements that they're not used to doing, and um, just like you were saying with doing the hip circles and being able to use the wall or not use the wall, and and really listening to your body. If people aren't used to doing that, if they're more used to saying, okay, I just need to do this six to 10 times or eight to 12 times or whatever, I think that gives people um, a false sense that they're doing it right. If they can get 10 of them in, then they must be doing it right. That's right. So I think a lot of it comes down to control, right? So controlling what you can control and not being so focused on just how many repetitions that you're getting. Because maybe after five repetitions or six or seven, then you start to lose a little bit of your intentional tension or technique or focus overall. So, you know, was it beneficial for you to continue on with that set? And in general, if I can get in, say, at least six repetitions of a weight that's a bit heavier, but with really good focus, then I know I've created the proper stress and stimulus for my body to respond and get stronger. And that's what it's all about. But there's nothing wrong with going higher in repetitions, again, as long as you retain and maintain good focus. So what I've found is that when it comes to mechanical loading and when you are getting a little bit more external stress, you can go with about 40 seconds as being a good sweet spot. Now, why that's, I mean, the way that uh, the mechanics and the way that the intentional tension tends to work with most people is at about 40 seconds is when we see that we start to sort of max out a little bit more. Now, this is something that it's not an absolute. There's never absolutes, but this is something that I've just found. Wait, you just said an absolute. I did. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm absolutely not talking in absolutes. Okay. Right. Let's, Got it. Yeah. But so in this case here today, when we were doing our circuit, we were hitting between about 15 to 18 repetitions in 40 seconds. Now we were doing hand release pushups for one of the things that we were working on. So, you know, again, that's just, it's body weight, but when I'm trying to now push the ground away faster, that's more of a dynamic effort. I'm coming down with control. When I say hand release, I'm pulling my hand off the ground at the bottom. So I have to retract the scap and then push the ground away. And I'm coming, as I push the ground away, I'm drifting back a little bit. As I come down to the ground, I'm allowing my body to drift forward a little bit. So there is some technique here that I want to focus on that contributes to my arm swing during my running. When, when I'm uh, in my gait pattern, I want more of that compact, it's called a parabolic arm swing. And uh-huh. I want to focus on that in the movement. I don't want my elbows to flare out. I want to do the, I call them runner's push-ups that way. I want to do it in that specific plane. So this is something that I wanted to bring up because 
for me, we ended up doing five rounds, so five sets of 40-second hand-release push-ups. By that last round, I'm definitely really struggling to be able to get those last 10 seconds especially in, but I'm hitting good intentional tension. So that's how I get fit, right? Focused, intentional technique tension, right? So this is where I don't care as much about how many repetitions I'm getting. I care about the quality of those repetitions. But in this particular case that I'm able to work with good dynamic effort. So yes, the reps are going to be higher, but 40 seconds was the sweet spot. Now with another movement that I worked on with you, I ended up dropping during the set. So I started with weight that was a little bit heavier, shook my arms out a little bit, and then went with a little bit lighter weight. And then I was able to get in a good quality set for those 40 seconds because I chose to drop the weight, shake my arms out, and then continue. So there's a lot of options there where you can continue on with good form, but not necessarily just stop. Like, oh, I got six reps in, so I guess I'm done. Well, there's more than one way to create uh, more of a stimulus, but because I want more of a dynamic effort, in other words, those reps should be faster in this case, then I will need to potentially drop the weight. If I have to pause with that weight, say halfway through during the hardest part of the, of the movement. And that's usually during the concentric action, right? So Mm -hmm. that's, that's where I'm going to, instead of losing that stimulus, which is dynamic, I'm going to just drop the weight and then I can continue to use good speed, controlled speed in the movement. So, you know, knowing the why behind what you're doing is important, but I would say just keeping in mind that 40 seconds is a good sweet spot for most of us. And sure, like I said before, there's some things, sets that you can do in longer sets and they can be a minute to two minutes long depending on what you're trying to achieve. But when you're talking about heavier sets or you're talking about heavy, slow resistance, you know, that's where we really focus, I think, a lot more on just good quality um, time under tension, you know, and it's always good quality time under tension. But if you go, if you're going past 40 seconds, then that's where I think we're less likely to maintain as much focus and yet if we're say under 30 seconds and i'm talking about strength here you know we're not talking about plyometrics for right. example that's the, the, that's a whole different story and i i usually go with um, plyometrics with six and a half seconds to maybe up to 12 seconds right but i don't really go very long on plyometrics because that's a different stimulus so we're going to stick with the strength talk right now and saying that under 30 seconds that in general, doesn't give us as much of the stimulus that we're probably going for. And, you know, that's where I think understanding time under tension comes into play here a little bit. So I like to get at least 30 seconds, but working towards 40 seconds, but under 30 seconds, that might be okay in more of a beginner's phase where 20 seconds is quite hard for them and they're going to work up to 30, then 40 seconds. Sure. But in general, I like to go with about 40 40 seconds. So one of the other concepts that uh, you've recently uh, taught me um, is the idea of 
reps in reserve, and then how that um, how that sort of ties into or correlates to something uh, known as fractionalized uh, training or sets or or what have you. Let's talk about reps in reserve. What does that mean? Yeah, so we're going to take those hand-release push-ups, for example, because this is a test that we will give in our program. How many hand-release push-ups can you do? So that's what I described earlier. Let's say now for 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 me, I'm in that 40-second period. I'm doing between 15 and 18 repetitions today, right? Now, if I really pushed myself as fast as I could go, then I could I could do a bit more, right? I could do maybe 20 to 22 reps in 40 seconds, maybe even more than that if I'm really going for it, right? But I, I prefer to train a little bit more sub-maximally, right? So on a scale of one to 10, I like to be around an eight in general, effort-wise, perceived effort. Now, the problem is that a lot of us don't really know exactly what our max effort is, or they're not as familiar with perceived effort. So I like to use reps in reserve. And so what you do, let's say that we test in your push-ups, your hand release push-ups, and we say, okay, in your test, how many can you do with good form before uh, you can't do any more with good form, right? So we've, we've maxed out, let's say at 10 repetitions, mm-hmm. okay? Well, obviously, if, if you max out at 10 repetitions and we'll take that 40 second mark, okay? You would want to try to do maybe eight repetitions, right? If 10 is your max, then do eight hand release push-ups. Eight will, will be better because if you go all out and do 10, you're probably not going to have great quality after that in your sets, or you have to take a really long time between those sets, right? Right, right. So what I would rather do is go to you know seven or eight repetitions. So that leaves you two to three reps in reserve. You're less likely to lose form. You're a whole lot more likely to retain focus. And so, you know, we can... And then when your next set comes around, you probably get seven and eight, seven exactly. or eight again, instead of going 10. And then the next time you only get six. And then the next time maybe you get five or whatever. Or or for a lot of people, probably not even that, yeah. right? Like yeah. that, they, they might just get to the point where they can only, they can't even do a good rep anymore. And that's kind of the point of this conversation too, is when we get stuck on reps, that same person, they might say, okay, I'm going to get to 10 reps. And let's be honest, if you maxed out with good form with 10 reps, then you're getting in probably poor form for most of those repetitions, if you even can do it, right? Mm -hmm. So what is it really doing for you? What is it serving? And and the, the answer tends to be that it's not serving you very well, right? And you might even feel some restrictions or some pain. Let's say with a hand release push up, if you're compressing your lower back because you're not maintaining that stack position, you're not t- maintaining um, anterior abdominal chain, right? You're you're creating spinal flexion there. You're not maintaining that, then obviously it can lead to some some pain, some compression. And the thing is, we're not getting stronger in the areas that we're meant to get stronger in by doing the movement in the first place. So what I like to look at there, like you already related to, is accumulation. If you get in, let's say, let's call it seven reps, right, per set. 
and your max was 10. So you, let's say you do eight reps and then you do seven reps and then maybe as little as six reps during that session, you average seven reps, okay? And you did that for, let's just say five sets, okay? So that's 35 reps, right? If you do seven, seven, yeah. five, 35, good. Okay, we're good Good there. math, good math. Yeah, good math. Right on the fly, guys, by the way. I didn't even <laughs> use a calculator or nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, I know, pretty, pretty impressive. But so 35 repetitions, that's a good day. And you got in, of course, a lot of accumulation because your max is 10. So then when you go through maybe six sessions that way, then you go through and evaluate yourself and you do that hand-release push-up test again, I'm, I'm going to tell you right here and now that we, we see that people get better, they get stronger, they get higher in their numbers. So that person getting 10 after doing it this way, it's very likely that we're going to see them go to 15, 16 reps in their next test. Um, and that, that would be the same for things like pull-ups that people have difficulty with, but you could put that into any archetype really. And it, and it works right. Doing that sort of two to three rep in reserve as a, as a good marker. So that's kind of how I think of that. Now, also though, within that 40 seconds, let's say that that person who maxed out at 10 is doing seven or eight repetitions in a row. And then you have time left after that 40 seconds. What I, what I think is let's maybe do first 20 seconds. Let's really be as fast with good control as we can be. So it's a dynamic effort, right? And when I say fast, I mean pushing the ground away, controlling it back down. And let's say you get in five repetitions in the first 20 seconds. Then give yourself maybe uh, 10 seconds within the set where you're stretching out a little bit. When I say stretching out, like a dynamic movement would be good for your arms, um, maybe for your lats, that sort of thing. And then you go for 10 more seconds and you get in three more reps. So then you've done five reps and then three reps, but you've done it at the dynamic speed that you want to be able to maintain during your test, uh -huh. right? So that is to me a fractionalized set. You've taken the best of both worlds. Now you've maintained the dynamic speed you want. You've also hit a good number of eight repetitions but you didn't have to pause and struggle and, and, uh, and, and possibly lose form in any one of those repetitions because you took a little bit of a break within that 40 second time period. So I like 40 seconds too of giving you a time goal because yeah. when you have forever to do something, uh, <laughs> then there's not sort of that, uh, well, I think I can get in maybe three more before that buzzer hits and you realize that those three repetitions are with really good form versus um, just saying, I'm going to get to 10 reps. And again, maybe those last three reps are just not what they should be. Right. So uh, tell me, uh, you're talking about uh, fractionalizing uh, with those hand release pushups. Uh, how does that transfer over to something like a single leg movement or a single arm movement or something like that? Yeah. So when you have one side that tends to be stronger than the other, which, you know, we all will have a little bit more strength on one side than the other, right? Very rarely do we ever see anybody with like, just it's always equal, right? Uh -huh. So we like to be within about 10% in our strength from right to left. But let's say I'm right-handed 
they, you know, probably there's just more coordination there. So, you know, people can confuse that with strength, right? Mm -hmm. Muscles that fire together, wire together. So I probably do have one side that's just more coordinated. So let's say that with my right arm that I can do 10 repetitions on something. And with my left arm, I can only do, uh, let's call it six repetitions. That's, that's uh, too big of a difference, right? If mm-hmm. 10 repetitions, repetitions on the right side represents 100%, you're at 60% on the left side. So there's a 40% difference there. And we want to get it at 10 and 9 at least. Okay, so that's where I will say, okay, use 10 as the number, go off of the stronger side and then use the uh, other side, the more challenged side to get to 10. It's just that um, I think you could do what I call an ABC where you'll go with that left side, the more challenged side first, and you might do say five repetitions. So it's something you, you can do. Um, or if, if your max set is six, let's say, then you might do um, even four repetitions, okay? Mm-hmm. So four reps. Then you do your right side. And if 10 was your max there, then you could go to eight repetitions. And then on your left side, Leaving you go two back in reserve. and you do four again. Right, right, right. Right, so, so that way you have gone to equal numbers with both sides, right? You just broke up. into a more fractionalized approach. So you have the left side that has to end up doing the same amount of work. You just gave yourself a fractionalized approach to it. Now with the legs, that would be the same concept, right? So say you're doing something like a Bulgarian. Um, You notice I say Bulgarians a lot. I think there's, it's one of the best movements to do, especially for single leg adaptions, right? Mm So uh, develops a lot of mass specific force at the same time. So it's, it's a great movement to do. And we, we can do we can use that same philosophy then i would say if we add in now the dynamic equation if you were to get off of doing those bulgarian lunges all right bulgarian squats rather if you're if you're going to do those on the um on that algorithm i just gave and then you do something with both legs right afterwards and it tends to be something that isn't as complex right Um, in other words something that you can do pretty easily with good form and you don't have to worry as much about your technique so something as simple as jump rope or if you don't have the coordination for that just some pogos just getting your feet to hit the ground together push off the ground together Uh, something like that, or even just following up with some traveling lunges, right? Mm -hmm. Where now you're just lunging from left to right, right? And you're now focused on both of your legs sort of coordinating the movements together. I think that's the nice way to tie it in towards the end. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, a, a lot of times I think it just comes down to how can we address our challenges, but we don't wanna... When it comes to our our weaknesses, we don't want to think of it that way, or at least in my mind, like this left side is weak, right? No, we just have more of a challenge. We need to get more coordination. So how can we do that? So hopefully that example gives you some insight as to how you can approach that a little bit more. Now, of course, in our training programs, um, I work through these progressions so that by the time you get to more complex things, you're, you have a better 
technique, you have a better understanding of your body. And also by that point, you've probably close that range in all the way to within 10%. Sure, so it's not sure. as big of a factor when you get into the uh, the more advanced training progressions. Right. Well, I, you know, I think um, you've obviously been around in this industry a lot longer than I have, but, you know, I think just just out there in the universe, it seems like reps are, you know, this golden thing. You're looking at the top of the Himalayas for, I want to reach this number of reps uh, doing, you know, this movement or whatever. And and I think um, taking that gold, quote unquote golden rule away and saying, no, listen to your body and, um, you know, give it more time under tension and not necessarily a number to shoot for. Um, you know, there's something I've got, I got, I got to believe there's something liberating about that. Yeah. Well, and I like, that's, I like what you just said, liberating. I'll, um, I'll close this topic up with this. I kind of think about Mount Everest, right? And you have people that have gone to the top of Everest, but they had Sherpas carrying all your stuff for you. You're using oxygen tanks, you know, the whole nine yards, right? And there's another, there's another um, more kind of pure way of thinking of it, that you can go all the way to the top of Everest without any oxygen, uh, additional oxygen, you know, no tanks. You don't have a Sherpa or a guide. You're just, you're getting all the way up there on your own, right? So Killian Journey is somebody that most people probably listening know who that is. If not, you can look at him, look him up. He's, uh, he's probably simply the, the goat of, of mountain running and, and he has summited Everest on his own, right? That's amazing, but that's the unicorn, right? So in other words, between the two extremes, because um, I'm sorry, but when I read about uh, Into Thin Air, right, was mm -hmm. a great book. And you read about someone being pulled up the mountain, literally a rope tied around the waist and the Sherpa or Sherpas have all their equipment and pulling them up the mountain. You know, you're not... Uh, you're not taking ownership there. You're not controlling. There's nothing impressive about that. No. And and so training programs, I think that are, when they're too simple and you're just, okay, how many reps do I do? And just, you know, that to me, there's too much hand holding there. Too many Sherpas. Too many Sherpas. And, and yes, while it would be much easier for me to just give out these cookie cutter things to do, I think that when we decide that we're going to watch the video and we're going to see how... We're talking about the devil in the details and how we lift that big toe up off the ground as we're coming down into a lunge and then push it down into the ground as we're pushing the ground away. Like that's a detail that maybe seems complex, right? Or harder to manage at first, but it yields big dividends when you take the time to learn it and to execute it. So it transfers to yeah. your goals and your needs. So instead of being that person, that unicorn like Killian, and that takes a person who's probably trained all their life. And I'm talking about now in the gym, just like knowing how to completely like just design their own programming and versus somebody who's getting their hand held the entire time. We want to kind of meet it in the middle and, you know, getting up your own Everest with sure a guide, right? And so we can be your guide on this, mm -hmm. right? And we, we can help you to navigate and to see where we need to go. And at times we can even help 
help a little bit with um, bridging the gaps, right, if you will, with our experience. And that's a good thing, but we're not going to be pulling you up to that goal because we're not doing you any favors that way. So, we want you to cut your own cookies, people. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> cut your own cookies. No cookie cutting here for you, right? So, uh-huh. so uh, taking that ownership, right, and and taking that responsibility, and saying, you know, this is this is my process, and I'm going to really learn the details in this and get better at it, um, because, and I, I would say that when we have athletes that really start to understand their mechanics and how their how their bodies operate a little bit better then they start to have a lot more answers for themselves and mm-hmm. that's to me a beautiful thing that's right uh, i love it when an athlete starts to develop the answers that originally they came to me for and now they start to understand so much that they say well i i decided to do this instead today and i decided to not do let's say as much time under tension or go for those specific repetitions but instead i went with this quality over quantity approach uh, that's a light bulb moment. And so hopefully you guys had a light bulb moment today listening to this. Hopefully it helped you. But th- this is where I think there's just a lot of misunderstanding and missing links to understand how we can make progress. That's right. That's what's relative. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah ma'am. Uh, so if you uh, like your like this podcast, please like us, please follow us, please recommend us to your friends, family, neighbors, uh, and uh, you can follow us also, if you like, on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube. Look us up under Pendola Project, P-E-N-D-O-L-A. You can also go to our website, pendolaproject.com, and check out our online training where yeah, you can man. learn all this stuff we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There all you right? go. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>